0: I'm Chris, and this is my Writing Table podcast, where we talk to authors and other creatives about the writing world and what it takes to create the books that we love to read. Ready? Pull up a chair and let's begin. In 2015, as a top 10 historical romance novelist in Publishers Weekly, Piper Hughley is the author of the Reconstruction Era Home to Milford College series. She is a 2013 and 2014 Golden Heart finalist for two novels in the Migrations of the Heart series about the Bledsoe Sisters and set in the early 20th century. Piper G. Hughley, named 2015 Debut Author of the Year by Romance Slam Jam and Breakout Author of the Year by AAMBC, is a two-time Golden Heart finalist and is the author of Migrations of the Heart, a three-book series of historical romances set in the early 20th century. The Preacher's Promise was named a top 10 historical romance in Publishers Weekly by the esteemed historical romance author Beverly Jenkins. A Champion's Heart was named by Sarah McLean at the Washington Post as a best romance novel selection for December 2016. Her contemporary romance debut was published by Hallmark Publishing in July. Her historical fiction debut, The Story of Anne Lowe, will be published by William Morrow in March. Piper Heagley blogs about the history behind her novels. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband and son. Welcome, Piper. Thank you, Chris, for having me. You have an impressive catalog of historical romances set in the American South. When did you know you had to tell these stories?
1: I'm a professor of English and given my teaching population, I noticed that they were not as informed about the history that would help them to be able to understand the literary text. And it got me to thinking maybe there's some way to convey this in a way they can take it in that would help them both with reading skills. And come to some understanding outside of class of the importance of the history. And the more I look back on my life, I realize that this was something that I, I should have been heading towards all along. So it was kind of a roundabout way. As a kid, my mother had a pattern with uh, several Halloween costumes on it, and she used it for as long as she could. like one year I was a pilgrim, and another year I was Betsy Ross, and another year I was
0: Laura Ingalls Wilder. You have a historical fiction debut yeah. about the Black woman responsible for creating an iconic dress for a future First Lady. What can you tell yeah. us about Anne Lowe? Women
1: of the social register, would pass her name uh, amongst themselves. She did not, uh, as she said, design for any Marian suit. It was the Rockefellers, Marjorie Meriwether Post, the Roosevelt's, Vanderbilt's, and most uh, iconically, she did uh, design a second wedding dress for Janet Auchincloss, who was the mother of Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy. And so she began a connection with that family in 1947 that continued for decades. The infamous Kitty Kelly biography of Jackie Kennedy, Jackie O, is that somehow the dress made itself uh, she's referred to as family seamstress, which is not accurate. She designed these unique dresses and put her team of seamstresses to work on them. So she was something more than a seamstress that got lost in history, maybe partly because of this whole aspect of her being a secret amongst these society women. But when you consider that, yes, Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress is one of the most photo wedding gowns ever. A lot of other, you know, well-photographed wedding dresses have gotten their due. Why not? So yeah, my book that comes out at the beginning of June, wedding season, talks about her path to that and really her fight to be considered as a designer and and not just a seamstress. Quite a journey for a young girl who came out of very small town, Clayton, Alabama, in 1898. I had
0: not heard of this story until I think maybe it was a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. Somebody had tweeted about it. I was like, how did we not know about this? Was it a secret because she was so talented they didn't want anybody else to have these dresses? Or was it a secret because she's Black? It, It
1: was a combination of both. Even so, for Kitty Kelly, who is always talking about how well-researched her unauthorized biographies are, it seems to me like, well, how well-researched could it have been when you just give her this dismissal as a family seamstress? So that that put a big question into my mind in terms of what it was she did. And, And there's quite the story behind the dress and what it took to bring it across. She had to make it twice. The first dress was in her shop. And a pipe opened up over the dress and a majority of the bridesmaid's dresses less than two weeks before the wedding.
0: How did you go about researching this novel? There were certain
1: newspaper articles that were about her in terms of her later life story, really applying the tools of historical fiction writer more to her or the earlier parts of her life story. And historical fiction is this kind of thing where you have these facts that are in place and you're figuring out how those facts are connected. That determines the path of the story that you're looking to tell in terms of what it is that gets fictionalized or not. I was speaking about this with another Black historical fiction writer whose book about another unknown woman, Maggie Lena Walker. You have this information and you have to make a determination about what to do with it. The fact that she was born in Clayton, Alabama in 1898, it turns out that a, a portion of my family is from that same area, it's like two counties over. I had already had some insight into what her early life would look like and be like. So I was able to draw upon that. You have to come to some certain conclusions about things. Our insistence on her birth year, we can't confirm with a birth certificate because of what Clayton Alabama was in regards to Black people at that particular time. was confirmed by other sources in terms of how old she was when she did later things in her life. She first appears in the census in 1910. Her age is put down as 21, missing nine years or, or whatever. How do you account for that? Especially because in 1910, she's with a man. She's not in her mother's house. So, I used that opportunity to talk about her early life and her best kept secret as a child bride who left her home at a very early age because she wanted to be considered grown up and so that she could begin sewing as her mother and her grandmother did. And instead it documented by other facts that she had this very difficult path trying to get away from that early mistake. Her mother and and grandmother sewed for First Ladies of Alabama and uh, the several women in the Alabama state legislature. Her grandfather was able to purchase her grandmother's freedom because of her sewing skills. But there was a cat, she had to still stay in the same area so that the wife could still benefit. So it's kind of wow. a question, about, was that really freedom or not, you know, yeah. kind of thing. She had this family tradition that she was desperate to join from a very young age.
0: And that's the kind
1: of thing that historical fiction writers have to do.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, that sounds fascinating because you've written fiction and mm-hmm. now you're going into this historical novel mm-hmm. based on those facts. So, did you ever feel pulled? Like, am I stretching too far? How did you manage that? For historical fiction writers, that's what the author's note is for.
1: So that you can explain, though, so in my author's note, there is a lengthy discussion of what I just talked about in terms of the beginning years of her life. I explained there are these certain tent poles, the established facts that are tent poles, and the fiction is the thing that happens to connect them. That's how I see it.
0: Great explanation. It's very visual. Mm-hmm. What do you hope readers will take away from Ann Low's story?
1: Sorry. Someone who was determined to reach her dream, to achieve her dream, regardless of what society said about her. She was that determined to be considered and thought of as this designer. And I really see my book as maybe a beginning to restoring her to that conversation of Black American designers who paved the way, who faced so many challenges, shining a light on her and by paying uh, her the, the due that she deserves.
0: Lovely effort. I love, isn't it great how literature spreading out into different different arenas and bringing awareness to those people that were forgotten.
1: I yes, so absolutely. Cool. Well, I, I see uh, historical fiction as the thing that is, uh, I call it putting butts in seat in history classes. This is the thing that gets people interested in the history and in pursuing the history, so I, I, historical fiction has a very important job to do in terms of making people aware of the fact that these people existed. There is work to be done, so go to
0: talking about the ladies, the mathematicians at NASA. Oh, Hidden Figures. Hidden yes. Figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, you, know, you have young people see this, and then. They want to learn more. And, you know, there are probably fictionalized pieces of that, but that gets them interested. I think that's that's a great idea. Well, the book that Margot
1: Shatterley did was a very great effort. And I highly recommend that people read the actual book because there's so much of, especially Dorothy Vaughn's character, they got short shrift. She really deserves her own movie. There's another figure that doesn't even get talked about in the movie. So yeah, there's even more work to be done. But like you said, the movie can play a role in beginning to shed a light on on it And then hopefully people taking these efforts further. I'm glad that it's coming to fruition now in terms of uh, historical fiction, particularly about Black women. One of the things I would do in my classes in the in 2010s would be to ask my students how many Black women, in terms of movies, because that would be the thing we could have the most interface about, how many Black women uh, had biopics. And I'd get a lot of guesses, and some a lot of things were fictionalized things, like The Color Purple, which even Alice Walker based it on people in her life. It's not considered a true biopic. Up until 2016, there Roots 2, the tube had been made in the 1990s, which was what's love got to do with it. And Lady Sings the Blues, which was made in the 70s. I'm glad to be part of that effort because it's been something
0: I've been, it's been on my mind a lot um, for a good long time now. Satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. In terms of time, how much longer did it take for you to write the historical novel in comparison to the romances?
1: Not much longer. Um, Mm. Yeah. part of the thing with the historical fiction particularly with black women is this whole aspect of what is not known so you have fewer of the tent poles to deal with and this is one of the reasons why when people talk about her they make reference to a historical accuracy it's racism that means that we don't have things like in birth certificate
0: right. you or know? records of her probably buying the freedom For her parents. Yeah, or you mean uh, keeping those uh, records. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, her
1: grandfather who bought his wife's freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going to keep that record. Yeah. Or, yeah, the records of, well, you can give us this money as long as you stay here,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: kind of thing.
0: Yeah, where's that contract? Yeah,
1: exactly. These things are orally understood from what Ann Lowe said or family lore that has come out. It's it's racism that has impeded those things, even her marriage certificate. So since there are fewer of them then that means that you can develop more of the story. And of course, it also does mean that more goes into the author's note at the end. It's the same case with the book that I'm working on now that will be the follow-up to By Her Own Design. These things were secretive because racism. So all I can do is have one pole that is pretty established in 1901 and then another one in the 1970s. Wow! in between.
0: If you could go back and say something to sixth grade Piper about your future writing career, what would that be? It's interesting.
1: It, you say kind of sixth grade because it's like I started writing in the seventh grade. So
0: it's oh, like, how funny. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. I didn't about. know that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Keep at it. Keep, at, Keep it. at it. That would be the thing. And don't pay any attention to the mean girls. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs>
0: You'll write characters like them later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword, sister. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pay no attention to those heifers, because they don't. No. <laughs> How do you prepare for your writing day?
1: Well, because I have a day job, it's usually a, a writing evening. I have found as late that one of the things that's been very helpful has been peppermint tea. I had to post about this to social media. I like other kinds of tea, but it's something about peppermint tea that is very soothing that puts you in a nice little headspace.
0: I can see writing, how that scent yeah. would. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So Aldi's had this uh, really great candy cane tea and i was like i'm just gonna stock up and see how this works (laughs)
0: people want to know why they don't have any more of the tea (laughs) i left some boxes but you left them a few (laughs) a few yeah (laughs) what is that something special readers will always get when they read a piper Hughley book there'll be
1: some um hopefully revelation about history. Like I've been talking about the history that is not known and why we should give appropriate respect to those in the past who paved the way for us. So as I like to tell my students, if your ancestors hadn't done all of the things they had done, good or bad, you wouldn't be able to be here right now. And that's one of the themes that I have in all of my works, including my contemporary ones.
0: What are you reading now?
1: One of the cool things about traditional publishing and people kind of tell you is that they want you to read their stuff for blurbs. So, of all of the historical fiction that I've been reading, and of course, it's, you know, majority white, cause of the market, etc. Of course, whenever someone, and it's usually someone that I know, who's going to publish their historical fiction, I tend to get to read it before it comes out, so I read Carolina Built by Kiana Alexander, and that's coming out in February. And currently, I'm reading The Prophet's Wife by Libby Grant, which is about Emma Smith, the wife of Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism. Ah. Yes, and I was joking, I should have been a religious studies scholar because I have <laughs> made this, um, when I was much younger, study of, of Mormonism of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and it's, I've always been fascinated by its history and Libby is our author friend of mine yes yeah, so she's like I want you to read it you know to be able to blurb it and stuff and th- some of the things that she talked about in terms of how the church was not happy they did not give a permission for a certain thing that they wanted for the cover etc and I can see why
0: <laughs> well that makes it sound even more interesting <laughs> I completely understand
1: As I all of this years of study I've done about Mormons and their practices and stuff like that. I totally can see why they are not happy at this book coming out. So it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> The Prophet's Wife is coming out at the beginning of February, so February is going to be a good month for historical fiction.
0: But as a fellow author, I know we depend on each other, get us through the best and worst of times. Mm-hmm. So how has that played out in your experience?
1: I have a small circle of author friends that I, I do vent to. The reason why that matters is because it helps you to continue whenever you're losing faith in the story or you're stuck or something like that, I think it does matter. So that's why I've kind of pulled this other author person into a little circle with me because she was beginning to feel the same way about the path of her story. But you do need this small circle of connection to help you get through. Other things can happen in negative way, like professional jealousy and all of that. All I can say to that is recognize that that's some things that's going to happen to you. And let that play out with yourself and come back to really um, nurturing those connections. One of my author friends hit New York Times this week. I'm really, really happy. For Yay! Her. Yeah. So her book got picked as Reese's latest pick. So, you know, that's going to happen. I was hoping it would happen. Mm It better not be the one that doesn't it. it it. And I felt kind of like a proud mother because the book came out in April and I read it like when it came out. And I was like, why aren't more people talking about this book? That's what I
0: noticed. I know there are probably, you know, like you were talking about the professional jealousy. I know that's Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. For what it's worth, I have not run into very much of it. And maybe I've been lucky, but I think what I've found in the writing community to be so nurturing and so helpful, the people that I've met have been the loveliest people. And in every other career I've ever been in, I've met lovely people, but not to this extent. And I I don't know whether it's because we work in such a bubble that when we butt up against each other, it's like, oh, you're in this with me. And whether it's that Mm -hmm, or inherent in the business, you and I are probably on a lot of the same Twitter threads. And you see when somebody misbehaves, the group calls them out and they better better back it up and say they're sorry, because it's not a group that's going to dismiss bad behavior. And that's the thing. In your view, what is good writing?
1: I don't have a lot of patience for people who prioritize the beauty of the language over the story. I really want to be in that character's view, mindset, world. You can use the language to get me there, but if you're prioritizing that over getting me into that person's viewpoint, world, or whatever, I'm going to put it down. How do you do that magic where you have just the right balance of world building and getting into that person's mind and heart and soul it's it's and not everybody is able to pull it off if I'm thinking about your book while I'm you know making dinner or doing some other stuff or you know I don't know if people can connect with that feeling of irritation that you have with Gee, I wish I didn't have to do this X, Y, and Z because I want to get back to, that
0: back to the book. I need to get back to my book. Like, I'm so irritated with this task right now. I just do not want to do this, but I have to finish. How do I tell these people I don't want to have dinner with them because I want to go book? Right, home to exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping that they cancel so I can go back and read that book. If I finish your book, that's five stars. Because mm-hmm. it held your attention the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last question, what is the best writing advice you've received? Respect your process. Can you give us a little glimpse into what your process looks like?
1: Yeah, the great Tina McElroy told me that, respect your process. And my process, and a lot of people apologize for their process or whatever, but the whole point of it is, if it gets you to words on the page. Pancing in terms of uh, writing a certain amount, and then putting that to the side and coming to an outline, that's how I tend to do. Sometimes it helps me to go back and remind myself of those facts, those tent poles, and then I can go back to the text. So there are certain ways that I do these things, and I'm not really apologetic about it. And that's how everybody else should feel about their process, respect
0: it. To learn more about Piper, visit piperhugley.com. If you're enjoying the writing table, please consider leaving us a review. There are so many podcasts out there. Reviews help other listeners find us. Thanks so much for your support.